Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Sci-Fi Watcher, episode number 224. Glad you could join us again. Sorry we're a little late on this one. One day late, but life gets in the way, and we are making sure we can connect. Oh, God. Catch up on the second part of season one of Night Flyers. Glad you could join us. I'm Corey Shrett. Mr. Brian Lee's joining me as always. How's it going, Brian? Going good, man. Ready for the holidays. Yes. Yes, the holidays are only, what, one, two, three, four, like five days, four days away, something like that. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, four days away. So uh, I can't wait. And of course, Carlos is back with us again to join us in the conversation. How's it going, Carlos? Hello, I'm doing pretty good. Still behind on my shopping, but I'm, I'm okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's what gift cards are for and, and disowning family members. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get into this episode here. Uh, this is uh, The Sacred Gift. Episode six, uh, teleplay by uh, Jeff Beulah. Andrew McCarthy again directed this one, December 9th, 2018. And we all agreed before we started, this is a standalone, nothing to do with the rest of the show episode. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Why? I mean, this to me was a tease because we ended, you know, they did the first five episodes. We had the firewall like, oh, my God, cliffhanger, cliffhanger. Then they come back and go, yeah, never mind. Never mind. Yeah, forget that. Let's 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 change that momentum and redirect it towards a ship that supposedly just popped up on the radar. Exactly. That when you said they had long range uh, scanners. Yeah, but long range scanners. They're tracking the Vulcan. All of a sudden, a ship is. Oh, hey, there's a ship. Yeah, they were running across uh, some kind of organic material, like they were, I guess, flushing their toilets all at once or something. And uh, that's how they detected that they were in behind the ship. They actually sped up to catch up with it. And then lined up alongside it. I'm surprised that the uh, colony ships don't have means of uh, like a bridge to board each other or anything like that. It seemed like it was a lot of trouble just to get people to go across. Oh yeah, the the whole let's repel down <laughs> to the other ship. I mean, and it's, I mean, it's only like what 14 years. It's not like technology should have changed that much. You figure they'd have some sort of uh, at least the connectors would be like a universal one or something, right? Yeah. Well, even still with an advanced yacht or an advanced colony ship like they have, they would at least have like some kind of a short range shuttle, intermediate range shuttle. Um, Even still, I mean, the way they use the the cargo containers, uh, pulling them in electromagnetically and floating them, you think they might want to jerry rig a cargo container to do that. But uh, no, that's for Let's do it Raiders of the Lost Ark style and swing on over. Yeah. <laughs> and zero gravity and a vacuum. Yeah. Okay. yeah. It, it would have been cool if they could have used that for a plot device, but it was like a throwaway thing. They, mm-hmm. they threw the line, they crossed, and then, you know, that was yeah. it. That was it. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, they make it inside and uh, – uh, of course, just like any like typical aliens movies, that no one to be found. It's all empty and messed up and whatnot. Up until the point they uh, they see that spacesuit, and then after that, it's oh. Did this episode seem too obvious to you guys? It seemed like you knew exactly where it was going. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> I was just like, yeah, fast forward, fast forward, let's go. Well, when they when they said we're gonna take uh you know, Cynthia out of this crystal and switch her to that crystal. I'm like, no, that's never going to happen. No. I mean, that was the only reason they, they supposedly went on the ship. It seems like was for the crystal. Yeah. Pretty much. It seemed like the, like they're only, I mean, 
you can you if you consider a ship like this uh, state of the art in advance, they have backup systems for everything. Wouldn't they have like some kind of backup crystal for their main computer or something of that nature? It just it just seemed rather odd that oh we're wholly dependent on this, but you know if it breaks we have no spares. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, should, exactly. Um, I love how they explained away how um, they didn't have those replicators. Remember in a previous episode, Lomi got a hot dog from the replicator, love and that. the main ch- the main woman here on this uh, ship is like, "Oh, we reduced our power, so we don't waste it on those replicators." You know, when that produces food. <laughs> uh, yeah, that character was named uh, Con- Doctor Constance Brighthead. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> yeah. So I, uh, I, I did love the that was an original idea in my book of the um the uh food replicators that can make food from any time, you know, any whatever. Yeah. That was a throwaway. They used it for the hot dog and we never saw it again. It was it no 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 no, it was kind of used a little further in the down the road when they talked about the uh when um when uh what's her face goes to her into the Lomi goes into the thing to have a hot dog at that place. That's the only connection to it with her family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's about it. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's a throwaway. But come on, is this is this this is the first time I think I've seen a food replicator used to make food from a specific place in a specific year. Did yeah. they not do that on Star Trek? Wasn't it a Star Trek thing? No, that was a generic That's, thing. Well, in Star Trek, you had to have uh, – it's like you had to have accurate scans of the actual meal, and then then from they could replicate it from that actual meal. Hmm. Um, or if you knew the formula, you could make it yourself. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't that you could pick a – you know, a day and time in a restaurant and say, hey, get me that meal from uh, from uh, you know this fish place at this time. You well, know? well, think about mm-hmm. it this way. Twinkies a good example. Twinkies don't taste the same now as they did back in the 80s and early 90s. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's so true. if you want a Twinkie, you can go, I want a Twinkie 1989 style and kick ass as compared to, uh, you know, 2018 version. Oh, yeah. sugar, sugar versus corn syrup. Exactly. <laughs> I, I, I want that unhealthy stuff that kills me. I want the Mexico Coke, not the uh, not the uh, regular new Coke. But I mean, like, you know, I mean, like Star Trek, you just say I want a hot dog. They give you a hot dog. Here you can say I want a hot dog from this hot dog stand in a certain place. Circa twenty sixty five or whatever. Yeah, instead of a generic hot dog, which you know anyone can get. Yeah, yeah, but uh, <laughs> well, the weird thing about the cult is that they're not doing any of that. They're farming clones, <laughs> using them for their. Uh, steak du jour in their soups of the day. They're made of food. Mm, how so original is that? Yeah, I mean, yeah. this was this was like um, Event Horizon meets uh, Soylent Green meets <laughs> name, name name any other movie that's basically like this. Yeah, uh, it, it does remind me of the Futurama joke when they go, uh, uh, "Well, they had a you know, it's made out of people," and it's like, "No, that was Soylent Cola." He goes, how did it taste? It varies from person to person. <laughs> <laughs> and that's um, what did you think of the cult aspect of this episode and that linking to Lomi? I, that was okay, I guess. I mean, I think Lomi, I mean, they made Lomi overreact. Mm-hmm. I mean, it wasn't the same cult as her, but then, you know, she went medieval on this lady just because she was a cultist 
you know? Yeah. When I, I don't think that's in her character and her design. I think they did that so they can write a way to get out of this ship. How are you going to escape the ship? Uh, I, I would have put that on Mel. Uh, I would have let the writers know and have the, uh, I would basically as a writer, I would have told, uh, the story as Lomi recognizes it, tells Mel, and then Mel does all the heroic actions to get them off the ship. Yeah, she's supposed to be the badass. Mm-hmm. And it seemed like Mel didn't do anything other than kneel when they told her to kneel. I mean, <laughs> well, she was in awe. She was in awe of this lady because she studied her in school. Yada yada yada. Yeah, but then she she freaked out when they took him to the uh, the people closet. and quite frankly for that many people that closet was kind of (laughs) tiny what did you guys think of the seed machine (laughs) the seed drainer is what i'm gonna call it (laughs) very awkward yeah (laughs) after a while you get used to it it's easier don't fight fresh seed (laughs) you know i could have just given you some on your own you know i don't have to Take it. <laughs> you know, you well, don't need you a know, machine to do that, buddy. Yeah. yeah, actually, you know, for all these brilliant geneticists, they're basically going old school on a lot of this stuff. They went medieval, basically. Is what yeah. So <laughs> yeah, it was just a, yeah, this yeah. was just a boring episode. Yeah. It, easily a throwaway episode, just a filler. Um, no, I mean, like I said, it's back to the shock value, uh-huh. you know. You know, actually, I don't think the only significant thing that came out of this episode was the fact that we know that they set up a colony in, in the Jupiter area, probably around Callisto or something. And then uh, also that Agatha is actually revealed to be an L. Those are the only. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Those are the only contributing things in this episode. But you didn't need the, the very rest end. Of the, <laughs> the very end. Yeah. They, they could have put that on the beginning of the next episode, you know, and said, oh, okay. I know, and then they hinted at it when uh, when she had the feels, uh, and when Carl was in danger. So, exactly. Yeah, uh, yeah. You called it. You called it, Carlos. You said it was going to be. You did. She's going to have abilities. <laughs> so, <clears throat> yeah. Uh, other than that, I, I don't really think I could take anything significant from this episode. No. It didn't. It didn't change anything for the characters. It didn't prove anything. And at the end of the day, um. If it never happened, nothing in their situation changed. No. Mm-mm. Nope. Back to square one. That's yep. it. That's it. That's it. <laughs> That's it. There's nothing else to talk about. This was just, yeah. <laughs> so if you watch the show, skip episode six and uh, just watch You lose it. nothing. Yeah. yeah. You lose nothing. This is the Phantom Menace of Night Flyers. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. <laughs> well, technically, we found out that they had this ship and it was lost forever. There you go. Spoilers. <laughs> All right. I think we should wrap this one up. I want to thank Brian for being here. Of course, Brian, where can we find you online? Hi, you can find me on Instagram or Twitter. It's Brian says. Of course, I want to thank Carlos for being here one more time. We know you don't uh, exist online anywhere. Yeah. have no footprint. I'm a ninja. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, you can find us at saveproductions.com slash sci-fi watcher. You can always email us at say, uh, sci-fi watcher at saveproductions.com. Or drop us a voicemail, 774-327-2948. That's 774-32-SAY-IT. That's it. We'll talk to you next time. Until then, have a good one.